What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast, a playoff preview edition of our round one matchup this Saturday at Saluki Stadium. Like we've said, the first one at Saluki Stadium and the first one overall in Carbondale since 2009. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, we're, we're excited. We talked about in the last one how they pushed back the time for us for our work on Saturday. We'll be We'll be going pretty quick to try to make this game because it's a very, very important one. As we already know this, we have some stuff here. We will dive into our opponent at the end. We'll talk about everything we usually do. It's going to be a good episode. What's going on? Yeah, definitely exciting time for obviously Saluki sports. Obviously just getting fresh off, uh, watching, finishing our Saluki basketball game, watching them just dominate from start to finish against New Mexico State. So then now we get to hear, get to see – playoff football um in Carbondale then the first time ever in Saluki Stadium yeah definitely will be doing everything possible to make it there and get to see this game in person yeah one thing we'll touch on again at the end is the fact that there aren't students here we know it's Thanksgiving weekend by the time everybody hears this we might post it tonight that we're doing it actually we could post it on Thursday as well we just give ourselves a couple of days because our work will make it tough to do everything on Friday and we want everybody to listen to this before the big game on Saturday but students will be away so hopefully we know the dog pound shows out every single time so hopefully overall fans can get it Nick Hill touched on earlier we know it's in the presser today or yesterday that we know it's uh you know Thanksgiving weekend so we'll see what the crowd is but we expect something big so again we will talk about the Colonels at the end of this. Talk about a lot of things. We'll also give our picks for the tournament, see who we have winning it all here before it all kicks off this weekend. But, Noah, let's kick off with – first off, let's talk about the, the recruits that made it this past weekend at Indiana State. There's a lot, and obviously we have even some more offers coming in, whether it's uh, high school or um, transfer portal. And we'll have a little topic on transfer portal, people that have already entered around the country that we are – that us ourselves are interested in. We'll dive into but talk about the guys that showed up to Indiana State and then go ahead and dive into commits that are still alive for the playoff hunt to see what they're up to. Yeah, definitely a lot of a lot of guys that 2024 and 2025 guys that got there Saturday in Carbondale. Um, we mentioned this one would be there, and he was there. Um, Peace Boomba, the running back from St. Thomas Moore High School, uh, running back DB athlete, um, very good football player. I mean, he, he – he has it pinned to his uh, Twitter account that in eight games in an undefeated nine nine and zero season, he had over nineteen hundred yards of total offense, thirty touchdowns. That's uh, seventeen hundred yards on the ground, twenty five rushing touchdowns, and on defense, thirty hundred thirty nine tackles, nine TFLs, and six PBU. So that'd be a guy that doesn't matter where you put him on the field; it's going to be very good. He tagged. A lot of the coaches, Terry Hawthorne, Coach James, Nick Hill. So I wonder if that would be also Coach Watson, or that's is Nathan Watson's his high school coach in Champaign. But um, tagging a lot of the defensive coaches. So I'm wondering if he'd be more of a DB once he yeah. got if he ends up here. Bobby Hayes uh, from St. Charles High up in St. Louis, six three, two hundred seventeen pound linebacker. Uh, strong safety, tight end type, um, was there two-time first-team all-conference guy. Has a three-and-a-half GPA, so that's a pretty good GPA. Um, he was there, tagged Terry as well, so it looks like another d- defensive guy. 
Um, a guy that tagged Coach McGraw and Nick, Nick Hill, Luke Sook um, from Yorkville, 2020, 2025 guy, 6'1", safety, first two-time first-team all-conference, also a uh, all-state wrestler. So that's a athlete that can do it all. Um, guy to watch out for just to follow along. Another guy we talked about that's going to be there is Dylan Maines, the three-star, 6'2", 220-pound hybrid linebacker um, from down in Mississippi. He tagged he tagged actually Jacqueline Crane. Shout out to her. She's the director of on-campus recruiting and community engagement, tagged Coach Hawthorne, so, and a lot of other guys tagged Coach McGraw, James, and Mac. Um, good to see him having a good time and enjoyed it. Hoyt Gregory, a six three and a half quarterback, twenty twenty five from North Point High School in Missouri, um, has one FBS offer right now. Um, this is a guy that follow along his his senior year, see if we eventually maybe offer this guy, get him back um, in the summer for some camps. Another twenty twenty four guy, a six three, two hundred fifteen pound linebacker. Um, from Vianney High School up in St. Louis area. Um, plays a wrestler as well, uh, 4.3 GPA, so really smart kid. Um, Turner Hunsaker on campus. Um, didn't tag any of the coaches. Loibin's right, a 2024 DB um, from Raymore Peculiar High School, six foot out of the state of Missouri. Um, a lot of guys getting on campus. Mason Dempsey, 6'5", 305 from Raymore Peculiar High School as well. Offensive lineman um, has seven offers right now. He had played 540, 548 snaps this senior season, zero sacks allowed, has a 79-inch wingspan. So that's pretty impressive stats. Uh, Lay Miller, um, not sure how you pronounce his name, but 2024 guy, running back slot, 5'9", 4.3, 40-yard hand time dash, a 10.7400 meter personal best. Uh, a lot of another guy, uh, Casey Kaufman. He's a quarterback slash tight end uh, from up in Decatur, Unity Christian High School, 6'2, 180. Um, looks like a pretty nice frame for potentially a tight end. Trey Harden for 2025, 6'2, all conference outside linebacker was there. Vashawn Minor. Uh, 2024 running back, 5'9", 185, a guy that we've been looking at. Then this uh, Christian uh, Ailo, a 2025 quarterback um, out from Blue Valley, Kansas, made a pretty good trip over there. Um, then looking at portal guys real quick that we have offered since we last talked, Oklahoma Baptist transfer defense alignment Brett Carew offered him four days ago. Then we offered, we talked about the Cornell guy last pod. This time we offer a, uh, I forget, uh, Coastal Carolina lineman. Uh, he's going to be a grad transfer. Um, Donnell Wilson followed us back really quickly when I followed him today after retweeting his offer. Tag Coach Hill, um, 6'5", really big offensive lineman. So just got a, Right after he got an offer from us, South Dakota offered him. So a lot of Valley schools already, a lot of FCS schools in on him, potentially down the line. Some probably some some decent mid-major FBS programs will be in on him. But commit-wise, a lot of commits or some commits still hanging on. Uh, we always start in the state of Illinois. 
and usually with our linebacker commit, Ben Feigl, um, up in 7A, um, they were playing Chicago Mount Carmel last week in the in the state semifinals. They've been in, in the Bulldogs. Fought, finally, their season comes in 64-26. Chicago Mount Carmel is a powerhouse in 7A. Um, they played Downers Grove North for the championship next week or this weekend. So expecting probably Mount Carmel to win that. So losing to the state champ um, doesn't won't doesn't make the loss hurt as bad. But really great season for Ben and his team. They eleven finishing eleven and two. They're seven zero in conference. Just a really great season for Ben. I mean, he was a tackle machine in that game. Um, ben led the way with 10, 10 solo tackles, um, had a sack, had a couple QB hurries, um, had a pass, pass deflection. Um, so just any cause, any force a fumble, but just still not enough against a really loaded Mount Carmel team who um, just will probably run through Doubters Grove North, I expect, this weekend. But great season for Ben and his team. Uh, down in the state of Kentucky, one of our guys left down there, E.T. Harris, quarterback, um, down there in 1A in the state of Kentucky. They are came up, they're coming off a 29-16 win against Ludlow in the quarterfinals this week. They have a matchup against Raceland in the state semifinals, so one win away from a state championship appearance for E.T., and his team, Raceland, 10-3 and three on the year. So expecting a pretty good matchup. Um, I know E.T.'s been posting some highlights and stuff on his Twitter account, so expect that to be a really good game. Maybe we can find a stream for it later this week. Um, also down in the state of Kentucky, our defensive end commit down at Trinity, the Shamrocks, um, also play this weekend in Class 6A. Um, in the semifinals, they're coming off a 45 nothing win. We talked about they were up big against uh, a team out of Paducah area, McCracken County, in the quarterfinals. Ended up 45 nothing. They play this Friday night against Frederick Douglass, an 8-4 and four team. Um, so expect a pretty good game for him, Nate and his team. Also want to win away for a state, champ- or state championship appearance down in the state of Kentucky. Um, then we got one more still alive in the state of Kentucky, and that's our offensive lineman commit, Jack Lindsay, who's been – I think he tweeted us if I, or DM'd us, if I'm not mistaken, this week um, that they were they were coming coming off a win. They won 43-7, to rushed for 200-plus yards. Um, they got took out in the second half, but uh, they're moving on to the quarterfinals this week against a big rival of theirs, Bowling Green. So uh, – Really good game, just like the other guys. One went away from a state championship appearance in 5A. So we got 1A, 5A, and uh, 7A to cover um, in the state of Kentucky. Then down in the state of Mississippi, Denna Mitchell, a cornerback in it, uh, coming off a 14-12 to win over Tupelo last week in the quarter quarterfinals. Um, a rematch against – it's funny how the scores ended up – Last in the regular season, Tupelo got past Madison Central 14 to 12, and in the playoffs, it reverses 14 12 win for Denham and his team this week. Got a tough matchup in the semis, one win away from a state championship, but Starkville High School, really good high school down there, um, loaded with talent. So excited to keep track of these guys. 
I mean, having this many one and one away from the state title um, don't happen very often, but a lot of guys making deep playoff runs. Um, I know I was trying to think. I think we mentioned something last week about state champions. Only one that I thought of thought of right off the top of my head, I think Charles Young and his team won a state title his senior year, but that's about it. So guys making deep runs, but we have some guys that could still win a state championship. Yeah, good pull there. You're right. There, we feel like there was somebody who did. wasn't sure who, and even some guys from that class we talked about earlier. It's you know kind of guys we forget about because they're you know they're redshirt freshmen. Not a whole lot of them have hit the hit the field, so you know you kind of forget about some of those. But um, yeah, some of these guys are so close. And again, it, doing it in these high level classes though, seven A, eight A. You know, some of the guys got eliminated around these classes as well. I mean, it's pretty impressive. That's those are the kind of guys you want to get. That's the kind of competition. I mean, you said Ben Figo lost to a powerhouse team. It's like that's the experience you need. And if you go in there, just shoot your shot and it doesn't go your way, but had a great career. Uh, yeah, Jack Lindsay, I didn't see the initial uh, DM, so I would have reached back out to him. Yeah, he sent this on Sunday. Uh, but all these guys for sure are – I believe the way for their respective teams at the respective positions doing their thing. Uh, you know, again, we're, we're really excited for this class as well, because we talked about the last class, how excited we've seen those guys emerge already. Some of them, but this class for sure, will have a, a lot of them. And, you know, even going back to what you said on the, the guys that were, you know, there's a lot of interesting 2025 guys as well. I mean, some of the guys that were in attendance or others, there was definitely a lot of them. Some more we'd like to add for 2024. It's good to see Vashawn Miner here, but like uh, Hoyt and some of those other quarterbacks are interesting to me. Hoyt Gregory, just because they got the size and even the other one that's it's escaping me now, just the size of those guys, they look the par. They look like they can go to a higher level, to be honest. And we know quarterback is going to be a big discussion of ours here before long. And clearly these are freshmen or even summer 2025. So it'll be a long time and we don't even have them yet. We know we have two coming in. We like a lot too. So it's just something that catches your eye. If they're in on quarterbacks, we know there's something there. Even We know in years past we had six on the, on the team. This year we've only had four on the whole uh you know, program roster. So that's always an interesting topic. But again, yeah, shout out to all these guys for continuing their season. Some came to an end, um, but of course they're going to keep striving for it. And we, and we love it. And we love that they get, get a hold of us or post it. And E.T. Harris was getting awarded here with some stuff soon, watching his tape again. He is, he's a runner and he's got a dart of an arm. We were so, so excited for him. So everyone else is doing their thing too. So that was a lot there. So good job on that to go find who visited and then what, what these commits are up to. We always love to keep up with them this time of year. We know most people around our area here in Southern Illinois are pretty much finished. We know Rochester blew out Murfreesboro here recently, Nick and them's alma mater. So, um, Good week overall. We'll continue to follow as the week goes on. You know, if we lose, then these downer episodes, we'll still bring it to you no matter what happens here near the end of the season, all depending on how far we go. We would love to go as far as we would like, clearly. Uh, we won't talk about NFL Salukis just yet because um, they have week, uh, you know, games coming up. We'll talk about it after the fact because some of them don't play. But, no, there was a former alumni that we've been – knowing that I, we've known that he's been on this team, but – He's a winner now, officially. Bryce Notre and the Montreal Alouettes win the Grey Cup, which is the Canadian Football League championship. 
the main account tweeted about it. I think James Caesar initially posted it. That's how I initially knew about it and put it on here. So shout out to Bryce. We missed his leadership over the last, you know, little bit. Can we have started the second season without him? They've all been doing their thing, but we know we've, you know, he set the, you know, he laid the groundwork for linebackers at this at this program here in the last couple of years, definitely under Nick Hill over the years. So shout out to Bryce for doing that for sure. So, Noah, before we dive into all the other first-round matchups and what our picks are, let's let's quickly go into the, some stuff that's happened around the portal recently. Some notable ones that we've caught our eye that we've had noted ourselves, maybe the team does as well. We know they don't – the guys will offer them and we'll find out about it, but they're not totally – in on it until their season ends, I'm sure, but they have a lot of people taking care of this. Talk about the guys that entered the portal recently, some some that stuck out to both of us, but definitely you, if you have some more that we would hopefully like to get in on quickly as this season ends, because there's a lot of interesting ones that could help this team in the future. Yeah, definitely uh, just some guys that stuck out. Um, we know a linebacker from SEMO uh, entered the portal and would definitely, I think he's – Received some interest already in the portal, but um, definitely would be interested to see where he ends up. But some other guys, obviously, we there's a, a punter from Holy Cross, all-conference performer, uh, was a FCS punter of the year semifinalist of 2022, Patrick Hani, um, 6'3". Uh, we know his special teams have struggled. That's just a guy. Um, another one today was a punter, Austin Alley. All Ivy League punter as well, two years of eligibility, 63, uh, 64% touchback percentage on kickoffs. Um, he said he was going to post some film um, shortly. Um, there's some other guys. Obviously, we, obviously quarterback-wise, there's some big names that are out there. We know uh, Sluka from uh, Holy Cross into the portal. Obviously, he's probably looking to make that next step. Um then obviously DJ Williams, the quarterback of Missouri State, would love to get in on him and follow his recruitment um, to see where he ends up. Because obviously quarterback's a big question mark for this team going into next year. Nick Baker's out of eligibility, so and honestly, our backups right now with Hunter Simmons and Lindauer are just so, too big of question marks to go in. Maybe you look to add at least a grad transfer, give Hunter maybe one more year of development see what he's got or see what these some of these younger guys you're about to add to your program can do um then another one i i saw uh right before we hopped on i thought would be interesting he's a brown defensive back aubrey parker he had 51 tackles two tfls three picks and three pbus this season entered the portal as a grad transfer he's a hometown of belleville illinois played at lutheran north uh, where brian brown and uh jalen banks played Um, that's a guy maybe looking if he could come back home i don't know if he's trying to jump to the next level or just trying to find a new home but that's a connection uh belleville native played at the same high school of a couple guys so that's just one that caught my eye yeah, there's a lot that are going to catch our eye here shortly and clearly into the offseason. We talked earlier about how exciting it kind of is, but we're so glad we're in the playoffs. Do not get us wrong, but we, you know, everyone always looks to the future, and as soon as season's end, you look to see how you can improve on the next year because we'll have a different quarterback potentially and all this stuff that it all always going to catch our eye and how the portal is nowadays. You want to still stack up as many veterans as you can for that, and, yeah, some current players, no other players that will be – and just and we know we'll have guys leave as well. We'll monitor that over the offseason, but it's a lot to happen then. But it's just a 
a quick sneak peek now because there are a lot of names we like, but we'll worry about it once our season officially ends. Um, no, let's talk about the games tomorrow there – or sorry, excuse me, Saturday, that there's a lot in the afternoon. The latest game is at 4 o'clock. We know ours is at 2. We'll get to our game shortly. But I'll run through these and then, Noah, just to yourself, go through who you think. I think we'll we'll dive into, like, which games you like most and then we'll just kind of pick a final four leading up to a champion here at the end. But as we know, some of the matchups, North Dakota of the Valley hosts Sacramento State, an awesome matchup. That's at noon. Um, NC Central at Richmond's an interesting one as well. Two teams that, um, you know, were on the bubble, finally got in. It's an interesting matchup. Lafayette at Delaware is really good. Gardner Webb, Gardner Webb at Mercer, the OVC South champion Gardner Webb at Mercer, Chattanooga, the team that everyone's surprised with at Austin P for the battle of Tennessee. Drake is going to the Fargo known to place North Dakota State and Duquesne is uh, headed to Youngstown and the Ice Castle, whatever they call it there. We know it's a tough place to play. That is the, that is the latest game of the day, Noah. What are your the first-round games that interest you most? And then go ahead and tell me what your predictions are here. We can we don't want to spend more time going through each game. But like I said, teams that interest you most or matchups that interest you most here and then a, a final four if you have it. Yeah, definitely a lot of matchups in this first round that are interesting. Um, I really like the Gardner-Webb-Mercer matchup. Uh, these teams met last year's, and Mercer blew them out 45-14, but definitely different this year. I think that this year, Mercer's offense and Ty James, one of the best receivers in the FCS, just don't see what Gardner-Webb has the matchup with him, but I think he could have a really big day and lead Gard- or Mercer past Gardner-Webb and see what he can do against South Dakota State. But obviously – UT Chattanooga and Austin P really, really catches my eye. Then the other one would be Sac State traveling to North Dakota. That's a decent trip for them. But definitely, if I were to pick a Final Four right now, I would definitely have SDSU probably meeting um, Idaho at this point in the Final Four out of that side of the bracket. Then the other side, I really think North Dakota State meets up with Montana in that one. Then the championship game. Um, I have South Dakota State meeting Montana, and I think South Dakota State gets it done for back-to-back titles. Couldn't agree more. That's exactly what I had. South Dakota State will go back-to-back seasons of winning outside of their Iowa loss last year. They'll win however many in a row and run the table, we would like to think. Villanova could be a tough matchup for them. We mentioned that Garner with Mercer. They can give them a test maybe, but they'll – They'll scoot all, all along to the Final Four where I have them facing Idaho as well. Uh, look out for you, Albany, though. They have a really nice team. They're the five seed, and I don't think they'll have a problem with NC Central or Richmond getting to that point with Idaho, but I will have Idaho moving on. That's no shame saying they'll beat us. We'd like to knock them off if we even win this Saturday. we got to get through our first-round matchup first. Couldn't agree more. Montana State, North Dakota State should be incredible. I don't think uh, – uh, I think Sacramento State will beat North Dakota and then give South Dakota a run, but I'll have them moving on. In the end, I'll end up North, North Dakota State, Montana State's a great second round match. I'll have North Dakota State facing Montana as well. It's pretty much the same Final Four as you with the same champion and beating the same team. Montana's on a run. I think they're definitely going to do it. But again, North Dakota State's going to go on a run themselves, get there as well. So both having the Jackrabbits winning. Uh, we'd like to see someone knock them off to make a little bit more parity, but it's it's. I'm not going to say it's good to show dominance. We've seen that for a decade with North Dakota State. So we'll see if someone can pull it off. Quickly, nothing else notable on the uh, de- on the presser. Nick Hill just acknowledged how important it is for uh, 
how important it is to have a home game. He was asked that a million times. P.J. Jules, of course, the great player for us, is a Buck Buchanan Award finalist. Great on him. He deserved it. He's had that awesome uh, season. Definitely career, but definitely season. Uh, he's amongst a lot of people for that. Noah, you told me before this, we should know about all conference uh, teams and awards and all that stuff after the first round matchup, which is interesting. I'd like to see him come out with that today, but it is what it is. Uh, so we'll talk about that at the time. And then depth chart, you know, as we know, Nick Hill should have should have been asked about the injuries to our offensive line and other players, but he was not. Depth chart lists Sam Newman and Aiden Logan still on there ahead of Derek Harden and Chase Evans. But we know those seniors and those older guys are going to give it a run. I don't think that's accurate. I think we can expect them to play tomorrow. So, no, let's talk about – Also, real current. quick. Go ahead. Defensively, Stephen Green still behind Dune Smith, so still don't know where Zach Barola – uh, we saw him. In the, we saw him in the video of their reaction. He looked fine to me. He looked fine on the sidelines when we played uh, a couple weeks ago. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on with him. Uh, we still with the, our media members. We're never going to get the the right questions asked. Never a good call. I mean, Zex. We want everybody we can in this in this game, as we know. And you're right. He he looks fine for the most part. Maybe it's something else. He's been he's tough. So I'm surprised he's been missing the games that he has. But all these guys will want to go on Saturday. Zero doubt about it. So, Noah, these Colonels of Nichols, they're an interesting team. We've we've heard a lot so far about them, about the, the different points or the different uh, facets of their team that are really strong, strong suits for them. And that is a little bit on the defense on the defensive line. They have a really good freshman who's up for the Jerry Rice Award. They have a really good secondary. We'll dive into all those specific players themselves. I'll let you hear in a second. Their head coach, Tim Rebell, though, he is a finalist for FCS Coach of the Year. All these other things leading up to personnel, and we'll dive and we'll dive into some other things. Obviously, our picks near the end, but Noah, talk about them themselves, what they've done this year. We kind of talked about it in the last one, but let's full on go it here and then talk about a little bit of their personnel and who we should watch out for on Saturday. Yeah, this is definitely a very interesting team. I mean, going undefeated. Um, like Nick Hill kind of mentioned in his conference, going undefeated in your conference and the way they set up their schedule really helped them this year. I mean, their first three games, uh, I'm not sure. We we don't go 0-3 in, the, in that first three games where you get Sacramento State to start the year in the first game. Then you go two FBS games at TCU, the team that played in the national championship. I know they lost a lot, but going on the road there, then at Tulane, who is the best uh, non power five team in the in the country so those three games set them up really well um outside of losing the semo in the middle of their conference play uh by four points um they go undefeated big win on the road at incarnate word uh 45 32 uh when incarnate word was the number four team in the country then they close out the season 21 16 win over southeastern louisiana uh but a lot of guys on this team, I mean, they scored 26, about 27 points a game, only allow about 25, so playing in close ball games. Uh, but two running backs, two headed monster back there. Colin Guggenheim, I would pronounce his last name. I mean, 800 yards, 11 touchdowns, averaging 80 yards a game. Then his, his other two headed monster, Jalen Spears, just a really probably change of pace compared to. Guggenheim haven't watched much film on him, but 700 yards, six touchdowns, 
averaging 71 a game. So those two right there combining for almost 160 yards a game. So their quarterback, Pat McQuaid, he is 168 of 292 for for 2,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, did throw 10 interceptions. So 13 to 13 to 10 touchdown interception ratio is not very good. Completed only 57% of his passes. Um, has some decent receivers and David Robinson Jr., Nino LeMay, Quincy Brown. Uh, Jalen Spears does catch the ball. He was their fourth lead receiver out of the backfield. So really, really high tempo offense, but defensively they are very good leading the way. Ethan Lee, Tyler Morton, Hayden Shaheen, Quentin Sharkey. Um, I forget which guy is up for one of the best D lineman awards, but this is a good, this is a very good team. They're, they are built to win games like this and they have a schedule that prepared them for their conference and they ran through their conference with ease pretty easily. So this is a team that um, I like the, I like the matchup kind of out of the gate. You get it at home, but this is a team that we're going to have to be ready for. No doubt. I mean, we've always been proponents of games, certain games against high level opponents that prepare you. And they definitely had a lot to prepare them. And the one blemish on them, it seems like is SEMO. I mean, we know SEMO plummeted and they allowed 35 points to SEMO. We know at SEMO's best, they're still pretty good. They just kind of dealt with injuries this season. And we, Nick was asked about in the presser about looking at that and everything about saying how still it's different and stuff. It's like, well, you still played the same team. I mean, again, they, they played them at a season where I'm not sure even what SEMO had. If Flournoy was back, et cetera, et cetera, like that. But um, still losing a game like that at home hurts them. But uh, other than that, they still have been prepared, and they do have Austin Bassett. You mentioned that freshman defensive lineman. It's Rashid Lovelace. Uh, he's had a heck of a year. Like I said, he's up for Jerry Rice Award. So they have, I mean, like I said, their coach for Coach of the Year, uh, this freshman here for Jerry Rice and some other things. I mean, they are talented. And again, we've heard nothing but good things about their – uh, about their secondary. So we know how that coincides with our good receivers and everything about how, what kind of game this could be. It honestly could be a fun one. It seems like at this point, I mean, I think Nick Hill reiterated that, that it should be just a really good football game. You mentioned, you mentioned McQuay just cause I'm comparing and contrasting. He does. He, he will throw probably some bad passes. I mean, 10 picks is one thing to, it's close to his touchdown mark, but they are definitely a running team. But he's only been sacked six, 17 times, and whether his dropbacks have fully been there. Uh, but in comparison, I think Nick Baker had said he had 36. So we know we're a dropback team for the most part, and you will have more of those kinds of sacks. And that's up, and obviously that's on the quarterback as well. But he doesn't do it. So maybe he'll escape himself. He is a little bit of a runner. He can, I get what in his own sense, he will if he has to. He has negative yards on the season because of those sacks. So he's not overly. Uh, able to rush, but he does just give it to Guggenheim and Spears, who they're both about the same size, but I can definitely guarantee they're different play styles if they're using them both. I mean, 60 more carries Guggenheim has, so their offensive line's legit, and Spears averages about seven yards a carry for his 700 yards, So, and they have 17 touchdowns total, yeah, so that's what we can expect, but Noah, luckily we have a great uh, rushing defense, and we know what we can expect maybe on Saturday is a slow start for the defense, and we'll see how you know, how that game begins, who gets the ball first and who sets the tone. It should be interesting. So, again, they are an awesome football team. They don't allow sacks. They run the ball well. It's up to our defensive front. This could be one of a defensive game for us. I think, you know, 
it's just the playoffs and it's different. You expect us to get up for it. Hopefully our offense can show up to where our defense can carry us again. But if our offense can get on the board a little bit, I think this could be a, it's pretty evenly matched. We do like this matchup. You know, I said before, I want new teams to play and getting them at home is one thing. Having, having them come nine hours to Carbondale, which we said the first round matchups like to keep a little close, but it should be overall good. I, I, I like this matchup. We'll see how it goes on Saturday. So no, if we were to, this is the most important game of the year, as we know, it's playoffs. So if we were to dive into what a spread could be off the rip, in your opinion, and then dive into uh, the dogs before we round it out and have our predictions for this playoff game. Yeah, definitely. A spread, I would probably put it maybe around a touchdown, six and a half, uh, right around seven. I would probably lean about six and a half. Could see it on the other side around eight, eight and a half. But definitely around a one-score game to start out with uh could definitely see that happening then dogs the game obviously i think it starts with uh this this offensive line either in the protection or in the run game i think just looking at while you were talking going back to their semo game i think they allowed a lot to semo in that game i mean just looking back on it they allowed uh, 136 yards that Geno has. We know how great he is. One touchdown for him. And they lost that game looking at the box score. SEMO uh, had their backup quarterback playing that game. So okay. that's definitely definitely something to watch out for, but definitely interested in that one. But I offensively, I'm going to go with this offensive line group. I mean, they got to protect Nick if Nick wants to be – at his best and get this run game going in this one because it's going to be key. If I were going to defensive real quick, um, definitely think could see. Uh, obviously, you got PJ in this game, but I think I think it's going to be at that linebacker level. Um, I think Dune Smith in this one with a guy like Jalen Spears that can change change the game not only in the rushing game but um, in the passing game, in that SEMO game, I think he had five catches for 116 yards and one touchdown with an 88-yard touchdown. So this is a guy that can change it. So I'm going to go guy with a dune that can play the run, but he also he can defend the pass. I like dune in that one. Then uh, special teams-wise, I'm going to go – I'm going to stay with it. Haven't picked him all year, but Jimmy Athlin's in the kickoff game. I think we got to have something. Maybe it's we get the ball first, have a great op- opening kickoff. Or something big time. Jimmy Athens, he's giving it a go back there. Um, gets his first shout out of the dog of the game of the year. He's been back there all season, so he his redshirt, you know, it, it's gone. He's been he's been back there for the last at least eight or so games. So he, I think he started back there at SEMO. So his redshirt's been off. So they trust him back there. So if he gets it, just don't turn it over. Just try to get some position. Whatever. I like that pick. I like the spread too. I think it could be around a touchdown as well, but it, I'd say pretty even. I'll say three to three to six. I'll put, keep it in there. It's interesting, but um, yeah, I mean, I like the offensive line. Hopefully, Derek and Chase play. That's the bottom line. I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to go with the row if he's healthy because if they're going to run the ball, you know, and that's a lot of clock. That you know, it could be just a, a possession game where if you get a stop, it could change everything. So we hopefully we can match them in that regard. I'm all for throwing a lot. But that boils down to protection, which we're not as good at. Nichols has 24 takeaways this season. And I want to say I saw that it was tied for third in the whole FCS. So they're legit in that regard. They will turn us over. So try to just, you know, hold off on that. I, I like the linebacker spot too. The second level guys, 
but I, I was thinking Branson. You can go with anybody. I think I'm going to go with Cam because he's meant so much to this front. If we go with three down linemen, though, it's going to be tough against a running team. I think Cam tries to swallow these guys, try to be good against that good old line. I'll, I'll say him. And I agree. I mean, I feel like this is a game where you take points. Uh, you don't go for it if you necessarily do not absolutely have to. I'll go with uh, Thomas Burks to hit or, yeah, for – no, it's been Jake on field goals. Who am I, what am I missing here? No, who, who's been doing what? I'm blanking at the moment. I was going to yeah, pick you just have, whoever's kicking field goals. It's been That's Jake the last pick. couple of games for both. He's taken over for Thomas. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go with him because he's kicking field goals. I mean, Tony has to be good. We know the rigmarole all the time, but – this is the playoffs, so we're hoping this. No, quick, your final thoughts with uh, your prediction. Who wins this game? Yeah, I like the dogs in this one. Home game, first time since 2009. I mean, it's going to be great to see what kind of crowd shows up uh, and see what – I mean, free tickets for the dog pound. Somebody donated. So, I think it comes down to third down conversions in this one, which team does. I mean, offensively last week, you're still 3 of 11. We're only converting like – low 30 percent on the year so it's got to change something on third downs uh, i think you need to start quick this is a team that gives up a lot of points in the first quarter so like the dogs in this one I agree i have a 24 to 14 win hopefully we can just play our best it's the playoffs you what to move on and survive in advance with these seniors it should be a special one everybody come out saturday two o'clock we'll try to be there hopefully everybody else is too so for nick malone no alerts play a football's back for the salukis baby Go dogs.